Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Lean Solutions Podcast. My name is Patrick Adams, and today I want to bring you back to May 8th, 2020, when I met with Panos Esta, the CEO of BIC. Uh, and we're going to be talking in this webinar that we put on back in May about building intentional curiosity. Panos is an amazing speaker. He's an amazing presenter. And during this webinar, he uh, walked us through the importance of curiosity. He also talks a lot about the power of system thinking and the necessary elements of a good system. Uh, we even get into topics like TWI and job methods and a little bit of talk around Kata methodology. So this is a really great episode. I hope you enjoy this time spent with Panos Esta of ThinkBIC. Enjoy. Okay, now uh, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker today. It is time for us to get started. I am going to introduce our guest speaker. Um, as I do this, I'm going to send out our panel questions. So every week, as you know, those of you that have logged on uh, in the past, every week we start out with a panel question. Uh, today's panel question is, uh, where do you think that you should focus your attention during this global transitional state. Uh, so we're going to give you a few answers to choose from. Uh, of these five choices, where do you think the greatest focus should be during this global transitional state? Developing my problem-solving skills, engaging my management team, uh, no need to change anything on my end, learn about new lean tools, understand how the elements in my organization fit together. I'm launching the polling right now. Take a minute just to check, check out that poll. Uh, answer it honestly. Out of the five choices, maybe you're focused in another area and that's fine, but out of these five in particular, which one would you feel has should have your greatest focus during this global transitional state? While you guys are answering that, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker for today. Uh, Panos is an advocate of building systems thinking organizations through intentional curiosity. He believes that promoting the growth of organizational health and development of employees' capacity to think scientifically allows organizations to accelerate towards their purpose. Uh, with over 12 years experience in building teams in the healthcare and manufacturing industries, Panos is highly experienced in forming effective management systems by bringing together all of the stakeholders and bridging the gaps for achieving the common purpose. Currently, Panos is the Senior Performance Excellence Consultant at Bryan Health a, and a Doctor of Business Administration and Finance candidate, and also the author of Seeing to Understand Your Scientific Thinking Lifestyle Coach. Panos has accumulated much practical experience in systems thinking, Toyota Kata, T TWI methods, and process behavioral analysis. And actually, Panos, your book brings together TWI and Kata, doesn't it? That's exactly right. Yeah, so with that, I want to turn things over to you. Let me end the polling here, and I'm going to share the results. Panos, can you see the results to the... Yes, sir. So uh, pretty interesting, pretty spread out here, but top two, engaging my management team and developing my problem-solving skills would be the top two there. All right, all right. Okay. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, we, we have some... Uh... Some interesting replies there, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and a, a few people that are one person, I guess, in particular, that feels like they're set. They don't need to change anything. So, and that's an interesting, that's interesting too. 
it's, uh, that's can be good and bad at the same time. Sure. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good. Always uh, when you need to make sure it's good. So. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself so that the screen will focus on you because you're gonna show us some stuff on the whiteboard. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Right here. All right. So before I do that though, I just want to let everybody know uh, while Panos is presenting, if you do have a question. Uh, please drop it into the chat box, and I'll do my best to field those questions, and uh, we'll, we'll ask Panos those questions as we go. If I don't get to all the questions, I apologize. We'll do our best, though, maybe at the end to catch up on any that we might have missed. So drop those into the chat box, uh, and we will field those as we go. So with that, I want to turn it over to you, Panos. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. First and foremost, uh, Patrick, I want to thank you for inviting me. Uh, over and uh, I think this is uh, going to be great for for me to uh, to do a couple of things. First of all, uh, and foremost, I want to try to influence everyone here today, uh, primarily from my failures that where I have failed and I have reflected and I have learned, uh, and also inspire uh, our um, attendees to uh, you know take step forward, especially on those uh, trying times for a lot of people around the world. So I'm going to try to make this as fun and uh, entertaining as possible because, you know, if you're not having fun learning, then, uh, you know, you're not learning enough. So uh, my focus today is to inspire you is I want you to start thinking big, right? Not big, but big. And uh, the, the uh, acronym stands for Building Intentional Curiosity. Over the years, we have evolved as to how we're looking at data. And especially now, most of us are really dug, you know, are digging into uh, data and trying to understand what's really happening, right? What is, uh, what is happening out there? Uh, is the uh, infection rate going up, going down? Uh, where are we? And we're getting really, really uh, stuck on those numbers. But often we don't understand really what those numbers are telling us. That's one of, uh, one of the issues that I've seen consistently happening. But outside of this, what we have done is we have boxed in our curiosity just in a, uh, in a matter of, uh, in a set of graphs. And that's not good. That's not good uh, in developing our thinking and, and creating that evolution that we, think, that we need moving forward. Because we cannot depend on tools alone. Uh, when you build your house, uh, I'm pretty sure none of, none of us are really caring what kind of tools our contractor is using we're really focusing as to the quality of their work, the integrity, and also, you know, uh, following the design from uh, our architect. So it's really important for us not to get stuck on tools. And I see so many people getting stuck on tools and dependent on it. Uh, and hopefully I can influence you to do otherwise. So uh, two things that uh, I want you to uh, take away. Uh, facts are important. Data are important in life in everything that you do, especially uh, in, uh, in your uh, process improvement world. However, you need curiosity. Uh, and uh, curiosity is going to take you a step farther. Data and facts are not gonna do anything for you except giving you the voice of the process uh, as long as we understand the context behind each data point. Uh, but without curiosity, we're not going anywhere. So uh, here comes the trouble. When we say curiosity, you can take us uh, in two different directions. There you have the arbitrary thinking, and here you have the intentional curiosity, the intentional thinking. And often, uh, we tend to steer away from intention and, and move away you know, towards arbitrary thinking, and therefore arbitrary actions. And then that's where uh, we, we don't learn enough, and unfortunately, uh, we come across uh, a concrete wall 
that we have to make a decision. Do we give up or do we turn in and go backwards? You know, where we were, we're fine. And what I've seen over the years in manufacturing and in healthcare, we have introduced so many tools, uh, so many different uh, methodologies. Uh, we've driven people crazy. And eventually we come to against that wall um, because simply enough, we are not understand the system where we're operating within. So instead of trying to, uh, for us to blame management or to blame uh, people and say, well, you know what, uh, uh, X, Y, and Z doesn't want to just change. You know, they're, they're not playing nice in the sandbox. I used to hear from, uh, from my previous supervisors many, many years ago when they were trying to work with um, co-workers in deploying systems and, and, and tools and methods. The problem in that thinking is that we're not thinking systemically. And uh, if you're a systems thinker, blame is not in your vocabulary. And one thing that I've put in mission in my life is to take blame away from everybody's uh, vocabulary because uh, people are not to blame. Uh, it's, uh, uh, if we really wanna change people, we cannot focus on them uh, individually. We have to focus in this, on the system that within the operate. As long as we ch start changing the environment and the system within the operate, eventually people will create new routines that they will then turn into habits. So, so let me take you through a couple of uh, good examples that uh, I hope you enjoy. So uh, B2 Stealth Bomber, right? So as they were building this, um, this bomber back in the day, they were trying to evolve it uh, based on what we had available in, in our Air Force. So when they go about it, right? Um, they say, okay, we have to make it more uh, you know, lightweight, faster, undetectable, and et cetera. But let's think about this as a system before we start designing this uh, plane, right? What are the forces that we have to be um, uh, aware of that really impact the entire system, not just one element of the system? So for example, first and foremost, we have drag, right? Uh, or else, you know, the resistance that plays a key role uh, into the entire system, the flight, the flight system, right? And it might be one force, but affects the entire system. Then we have the weight, right? So uh, we want to be agile, uh, to be able to maneuver easier. So we have to take uh, into account the impact of the weight into the entire system. And of course, you know, we have the thrust, right? The engines and uh, the rockets that we put into our planes and rockets that it will push us forward. We cannot just put any size, uh, not one size fits all. We have to carefully design it, but most importantly, we have to carefully fit it in with the entire system. So it doesn't matter how good of an engine you might have or how much power, how powerful you have, if it, it cannot connect with the rest of the system. And last but not least, right, we have lift. So. What I want you to think about this example is that if we take and improve one element of this entire system, right? And this is kind of, I simplified, I oversimplified it for, for us. If we improve one aspect, one element of this system, we're not achieving a system improvement. And what we might find out is that uh, by improving one of them, we might actually inhibit some other ones. So the overall result might be worse for the entire system. So what I want you to reflect for a second is how many times we have done the same thing in our environment 
where we're starting improving one area or we starting implementing one tool and we say, hey, you know what, uh, my favorite tool is, uh, you know, our methodology 5S or uh, Toyota Kata or TWI, whatever that might be, but we are uh, approaching them as single entities. And then we worry why we have silos. So, so let's move forward a little bit. Let's think, let's think a little bit deeper here. So my, uh, uh, my influence here uh, in my purpose today is again, to influence you to see the system as a whole, right? And the important thing that I want you to know about it is that the sum of all the parts of the system is actually less than the system itself. So as long as we improve one element of the system alone individually, the overall improvement we achieve at the end is not gonna be equal uh, or even close to improving and uh, focusing on improving the entire system from the get-go. That's very, very important. I see that in healthcare every day. I saw that in manufacturing. For example, um, for, those, uh, for those of you that uh, are and have been in the healthcare field, uh, you cannot just improve uh, your um, uh, emergency uh, department uh, flow without necessarily thinking the entire chain, right? From the patient entering the hospital all the way to discharge. Otherwise, you know, and, and what I've seen people often do is they get just um, uh, more nurses or more staff in the ED and they, you know, sometimes they pressure them to go faster, but overall the end result is negative. Why? Because we're not thinking the whole system. You can put Kanban in your factory, great. But are you thinking the overall flow of your factory and also the flow into your supply chain? I heard, I heard very recently that, um, uh, uh, you know, we're in the situation we're in because of uh, low inventory levels, because of lean. No, this is strange and very trying times, different times. But the problem that we have today is our adaptability or better off the lack of adaptability in our supply chain. And why is that? Because we haven't thought about the system. When we're looking at uh, whip level reductions and putting in Kanban cards, is this really what Lean is all about? No, Lean is all about being able to have an adaptive workflow because your demands from the customer are not gonna be always predictable. You cannot always depend on an algorithm or AI to tell you what the forecast will be. And I remember um, uh, one of my professors at MIT always telling us forecasts are always wrong. So if you find yourself spending time uh, forecasting and readjusting your forecast all the time, you're just not creating any value to yourself, to, the, uh, to your uh, direct customers or to the people around you. So, so as we're looking at this, right, I'm gonna take you through uh, another more impactful example that is more relevant uh, nowadays with COVID-19. So uh, yes. Hey, uh, I just want to say Ronaldo mentioned, it looks like you're going into the human body system, which is funny because Ronaldo mentioned in the chat that uh, he wondered if the challenge was to make all improvement tools work as a system like human body systems. That's exactly right. That's exactly Perfect. right. So um, uh, Ronaldo, uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. So uh, let's go to this example. And hopefully, Ronaldo, if, if I didn't answer your question, uh, please make sure that, uh, you know, uh, you raise your hand there again. So uh, in the human body, right, we have five key organs that we cannot live without, right? Our brain, our heart, our liver, our lungs. And uh, what's the fifth one, Patrick? Any, any, any ideas? 
our kidneys. All right. Sorry, I was on mute. It's okay. Uh, I was hoping I was getting, I was I was getting a little participation there. Again, brain, heart, liver, lungs, and kidneys. Without them, we cannot live. You know, we cannot live. We cannot survive. Right. So think about it. Uh, you can have a working heart, and it can be, you know, uh, the best heart you can possibly ha have. Without a brain, you are nothing. We are nothing. Right. So in this case, right, I'm going to show you, this is the line, this is a human heart. But, um, and I want you to think about when you're working out, right? So when we're working out, what happens, right? Uh, we start sweating, right? And um, as we keep on going, what is happening in our body, right? Our muscles need oxygen. So now our brain sends, you know, the, the linkage to our organs say, hey, I need more oxygen, you know, my blood pumped into my muscles. So the heart and the lungs are partnering together, right, to send the right amount of oxygen to the muscles. Let me say that again. The heart and the lung and the lungs are partnering together to create a flow of oxygen into the muscles so that they need them. What will happen, and, and here's a question for all, what will happen if my lung capacity right, is reduced by half. And what would happen if in the same case scenario, my heart is actually giving me double the output? Is that going to be effective for the system overall? Absolutely not. And what happens nowadays with COVID-19, right? So you have the lungs getting inflammation, right? So they don't pump out enough oxygen. What does that do in return? Your heart, our heart is working harder and harder. That's why we have cases where not only we have the uh, lung failure, but also we have heart failure as a result of COVID-19. Now, I'm not a doctor or epidemiologist, uh, so uh, what I want to tell you is the, the parts of the system are working together for the better of the system, right? So it's not about putting a better heart or putting better lungs, and that will fix the system. It's the connectivity that matters. And this is one thing that I want us to, uh, to start thinking about very deeply. And I think we've been missing this for many, many years, uh, especially in the process improvement world. So one thing that uh, on, the, on the two examples that I gave you with the plane and, and the human body, and before I proceed, uh, Ronaldo, I hope I, I uh, if I can get a thumbs up or thumbs down from you, uh, if, we, uh, if we gave you back the answer that you were looking for, uh, that would be great. So... One of the things that I want you to think about it is that the two examples that I brought up, they bring up the sense of causality and polarity. So causality is really the relationship that the elements have with each other, right? In which direction, which affects what? Kind of more the cause and effect sense that we have. And, and I, I presume most of us here have a sense of what cause and effect looks like, feels like, and what the results of that, uh, uh, the results are but also the polarity. Polarity is more of in the sense of, uh, do the parts grow, uh, do the elements grow in the same direction or opposite directions? For example, uh, if I get enough uh, blood, enough oxygen uh, to my muscles, uh, right? What is the signal that is sent back to the heart? Go faster or go slower? Well, most likely go slower, right? Okay, we got the, the oxygen that we need, so I want you to calm down. Otherwise, right, after every run, uh, our heart will, will explode eventually, right? If, it was, uh, if the polarity uh, was not 
probably designed for the system, for the better of the system. So what I want you to think about it, you can replace the human uh, body parts here with anything in your organization. I want you to think about it in this case, for example, TWI, Kata, uh, any lean tools that you have, anything uh, in your uh, improvement system overall. And I want you to start building your body, your human body, right? Your organizational body. If you don't know today uh, how those body parts, those parts of your improvement system connect with each other and the polarity between them, you're not doing yourself a favor. You're not doing your system a favor at all. So when we say we're going to do, uh, we're going to introduce 5S or we're going to introduce uh, job instruction or uh, job relations or Toyota Kata, unless you know where every element fits into your entire system, what is the connectivity to the other elements? Just like we, we saw in the example with the plane, with the thrust, with the drug, with the weight, uh, right? And the lift. If you don't know that, if you don't understand that, what you're doing is you're gonna focus on improving one element, one function of your system, and eventually your system is going to collapse, right? You're not supporting your system. So as, you, as we're designing uh, anything in our lives, right? We need three elements. We need a purpose. We need the elements within the system, right? And we need to also, those elements to be connected with each other. We cannot have silos. No system uh, runs with silos. You're, you're, uh, let's think about this in, in the case of a car. Uh, a good example that I, uh, I was discussing this uh, systems thinking with my wife was if you have a flat tire and I bring you the best looking rim with um, uh, you know, lights and uh, gold and silver on it, but it's the wrong tire. But yet again, I brought you a good tire, right? I brought you a good tire. Will you put it into your car? Well, it kind of fits in there. Now, does the system overall work together harmoniously? Absolutely not. If I don't put the right size tire, doesn't matter how good the tire is, how good looking is, what happens? The car will not function properly, okay? So I wanna, uh, I wanna ask you the same thing here. How are you making sure that your car, um, your organizational vehicle, your organizational system, body system, is functioning harmoniously by, by looking at your system overall. Uh, do you have the right, the right functions, the right elements connected to each other? And do you understand those connections? So we often find ourselves saying, oh, we don't have enough management support. And I've heard that many, many years. And uh, I can tell you that I said that uh, in my earlier days in the uh, process improvement world, oh yeah, you know, uh, Patrick is not, uh, uh, supporting me in his area. So therefore, you know, I have to find somewhere else to do what I need to do. Well, I'm not, first of all, listening to the voice of the customer. And that's the biggest issue that we have. We don't have a clear purpose. As, uh, as uh, operational excellence, uh, process improvement, lean, whatever title you want to give yourself, practitioners and thinkers we are, we have to have a clear purpose. And that is to serve our customer by first understanding what the customer wants, not what we want to implement and what we want to do. And that's where the biggest, uh, I think, crossing the chasm uh, happens uh, in, uh, in our field, in, in our expertise, uh, if I may call that. So um, one thing that I want you to think about, and I know, Patrick, you had mentioned about questions in regards to TWI and Kata. So I want to give you a, a very simple Perfect. example. 
So uh, a lot of the folks, you know, they start with uh, strategic deployment, which is great. Without strategy deployment, I think strategy deployment is one of the greatest functions and the most key function uh, that you, we need to have in our system, right? So if we have our purpose here, which is for all of us, our purpose is not going to be the same. I want to be clear here. Uh, just because you show something happening uh, in a company, and I will use Toyota with all the respect that I have for them, just because Toyota did certain things a certain way, copy-pasting, you should already know that doesn't work, and it will never work. And, and just because Toyota was the way it was from the 1950s all the way to today, does not mean that that will, be, uh, that will correlate and apply to you. So just because when you see smaller um, uh, improvements, uh, smaller uh, you know, uh, nuggets, does not mean you can just replicate that into a bigger size. So you have to be very, very careful with that. Uh, you cannot just take any heart and put it in any human body. You have to make sure that it fits perfectly. Otherwise, what does the body do? Right? Rejects the transplant. And I've worked in the transplant uh, field with, uh, with teams, with medical uh, teams, and even doctors that were uh, Lean Six Sigma trained and certified, and they can tell you the same thing. It's crazy how we often think uh, process-wise very differently how we think about the human body. We don't treat it the same way, and that's the biggest mistake we can do. So we start with a purpose, and I want you to understand what your purpose is. If you don't know this, you don't have a system. Simple as that, okay? So let's assume we're starting with uh, uh, strategy deployment, right? Strategy deployment here, uh, and then uh, you have uh, Kata, and then you have TWI here, and I will add all the elements of uh, all the methods of uh, TWI, uh, job methods, job instruction, job relations, which, by the way, I love them. Uh, I love everything about TWI because it's, it's a very simple way to um, understand really your system. And not just to make improvements, but also understand your system. For example, JR, what a great way to get to know the psychology of your system, right? The kind uh -huh. of... Uh, yes. Can I jump in real quick? If there's yes. there may be someone on the on the uh, Zoom with us that doesn't know what TWI is. Can you give us just a real quick explanation of TWI? Yes. Thank so TWI, so TWI back in the 1940s, um, where uh, you know all of the men in the U.S. had to uh, go overseas and help with the um, you know uh, with the war with the Allies, support the Allies. Um, uh, back here in the U.S., uh, we had to do something different in, you know, uh, to support that, uh, that war, right? To produce products that uh, uh, the military needed, but also support, you know, the people in this country, you know, uh, in regards to their, uh, to their goods and services that they needed. So we brought in people uh, that maybe had never worked before. And actually, that was the key era where we, uh, we had uh, women uh, that so much needed in our workforce, right? Uh, and uh, the Department of War back then had to figure out a better way to uh, introduce this new wave of, uh, uh, of individuals into the system. So they developed TWI, and TWI stands for Training Within Industry. So they first uh, started by developing job instruction. And job instruction is a very system systemic way of developing competency in a specific job by following four steps. All JI prog all J programs, I'm sorry, have four steps. So, uh, uh, so the Department of Labor uh, began with, uh, sorry, the Department of War began with uh, job instruction. Then they uh, started introducing job relations. And that was really 
to develop better uh, and more effective relationships, bonds between employees and supervisors, right? Not just uh, uh, a better way to deal with employee issues. Uh, as I say, job relations has two sides. It's the investment side and the payment side. If you're dealing with a lot of employee issues because you have not done a good job investing, so you end up paying the fees now, right? Uh, here, uh, whenever I train for job relations, I tell them, you know, the one side is your investment account, the other one is your pay taxes. What do you prefer, what do you prefer to do uh, more, right? Do you want to uh, pay taxes or do you want to put your money in, in investments? So job relations is really by bonding people together and proactively. So it's all about systems thinking. How can I create a better system here with my people? Uh, and then job methods was the last part of TWR to be introduced. It wasn't, um, I would say, as famous back then uh, as JI and JR. And job methods is really all about questioning every detail in our processes with a purpose. So very similar to today where we do process mapping and we gather everybody and we're putting in the uh, uh, post-it notes and create the process map. JDM is really taking every, all the key stakeholders. We go out there, we watch and watch and watch the process again and again. We understand all the details and then we question every detail. So uh, one of the greatest advantages of job methods that a lot of people have not realized is that it allows us to really understand what's happening and what should be happening with, without incorporating our bias. Because when we ask the question out of the six questions that uh, uh, JM uh, has, is why is it necessary? What is its purpose? So uh, for one detail at a time. And uh, that will make us think, well, is it necessary to, to do this? Is it necessary for me to walk from here all the way there to uh, grab my books or you know to grab my parts? No. So why do we even need to improve that? We don't even need to improve it, we can just eliminate it. So it gives us intentional thinking. It drives us into intentional curiosity, not just, well, let's, let's figure out what we can do to improve this distance, right? And then arbitrarily, uh, you know, we're gonna choose something and typically what happens to, the, to most organizations is the loudest voice wins. You cannot, you cannot argue with that statement, the loudest voice wins. And for those organizations that, um, uh, they say, well, yeah, we have a great culture here and uh, we're open. That's great. But make sure that the, uh, the loudest voice does not exist. There's no loud voice in your, uh, in your systems thinking. So, uh, so hopefully, Patrick, that answered the question when it comes to TWI. No, I know um, yes, you know so there. No, it's perfect. So, so let's assume, you know, and then, of course, you can have anything, in, in any other uh, element that you wish to incorporate from 5S all the way to uh, failure mode analysis to APQP. I mean, we can go all day here. The most important thing is though, not having those elements in our system. The most important thing is, how are these elements connected with each other? How do they depend on each other, right? What is the cause and what is the effect? The strategy, for example, drive Toyota Kata or the improvement Kata or is vice versa. Is job methods driving kata or vice versa? What is that connectivity? If we don't understand this connectivity, it's game over. Because what you're going to find yourself doing is you're going to focus on excelling on just few of the elements in your system. And what you're going to find out sooner than later, especially now, that you're not supporting your purpose. And if you're not supporting your purpose, that means you're not delivering to your customer. So what happens today when you want to go buy something and it's not on the shelf, 
or it's not available on the internet. You get annoyed, you might go to a competitor, right? That's exactly what's gonna happen to every single one of us. And it has been happening for decades. We're not thinking about the system, and therefore we've been failing our customers, especially internally for those of us, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a, a consultant and going to a client or you're, you're a full-time employee, your customer at the end of the day is the center of it all. And if you don't know the voice of the customer, you don't have a clear purpose. That's why I keep saying is everything in, in the book actually, when I started writing it, uh, it would take you the first part of the book. And uh, I know I, uh, Ari was here uh, before and we talked about uh, him having the book. He will not let you proceed unless you design your purpose. And um, the beautiful thing is that as I was writing it, I looked back into my experience and I said, one of the things that I, I never effectively did is write down my reflections. So now one of the things I've done is I require everybody to write their reflections on the book, every chapter. And as you're building your reflections, it becomes your scientific thinking coach. So this book here, this coaching guide, is actually after you read it once or twice and you write your, your reflections, it's gonna become your book. And you cannot just give it to somebody and say, hey, here, read, I read it, it was good, here, read it. And uh, you can learn the same things that, that I did because you have a different starting point than anybody else around you. You're gonna have a different path uh, forward and different obstacles, therefore. So what I wanna leave you with is understand your system. Otherwise, you're gonna be arbitrary. You're not gonna be intentional. The same thing um, for those that um, uh, uh, daily, uh, they have started your journey with Toyota Kata, right? So I started my journey with Toyota Kata back in 2009. Our plan here in US was, uh, uh, our plan in uh, the Delta Fawcett plant was uh, the first one that Mike Rother did the beta test of uh, Toyota Kata uh, back in 2009. What I will tell you is, uh, as an engineer, I was not intentional in my thinking because I was seeing things just one-sided in a silo mode. I was not thinking how it was impacting the system. So I could improve quality, uh, but then again, I was sacrificing other things. I could improve cost and therefore sacrifice other things. Now, that's why we have come to 2020 and we have the debate, uh, is it people more important or customers or is it quality versus cost? And that's why you see a lot of organizations are in this, um, chaotic state where they have to cut cost. All of a sudden, what do they cut cost of? People, because most likely that's the, the highest cost on, on their uh, P&L, right? But they, we don't think systemically. What is the impact of cutting cost, meaning getting rid of a lot of people, is gonna have in your long-term survival? You might survive it now, but eventually what you're doing is what? You're gonna die later. It's almost the same thing if you have a sick patient with uh, their heart almost giving up, you can have equipment to support the life, right, of the patient, but how far can you that go? So you need to do more, uh, more systemic uh, things. More, you have to take a more systemic approach. So, very, very important. Even if you're an individual, a team, an organization, wh whoever you might be, no purpose, no direction. Uh, no strategy is going to develop your purpose. Your purpose has to drive your strategy, okay? And your purpose actually is getting impacted by how you strategize, right? Because guess what? If you're not a good deliverer to your customers and you start losing your customers, at that point, you most likely either you have to close down, you shut down your business or you have to change your business model. 
right? So what happens in retail, especially in the U.S.? I know we have a lot of folks uh, out of side of the U.S., but uh, we have gone into the internet, the e-commerce era, and that was early science in 2000, but I don't think a lot of people heard that voice and took it seriously. Now we're in the uh, e-commerce side uh, of the consumer, and retailers did not necessarily uh, heard the voice of the customer. So they did not adjust their purpose. So they kept stores, you know, opening stores and stores and stores. Uh, people were not going to the stores. Now they had the convenience of staying home and buying everything that they wanted. They could try it and then return it. Much easier returns, much easier interactions. They didn't have to go to the hustle of uh, being in retail stores. So eventually what happened is you saw a shift to the, from the consumer, from the retails to what? To Amazon and other online retailers. And for those retailers that could not keep up, eventually what happens? They did not adjust their purpose, right? To the, to the voice of the customer and therefore they went out of business. And that's why you see now, and I think you're gonna see it even more uh, with, as a result of the pandemic, more and more retailers will actually have to close doors. So, um, and I know we have a couple of questions here, um, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick. Uh, so one of the things is, uh, Patrick will send the link to the book. Uh, you can um, uh, purchase it either as a hard copy or um, as an ebook from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and no, the book is not yet translated in Japanese. Actually, a good friend of mine, Philippe, uh, over in Canada, he's currently translated in French. So uh, definitely, we're going to try to get it uh, translated to other languages as demand comes, no doubt about it. So because we're trying to influence as many people as possible. And my goal from, uh, for writing the book was to put all my experience and ideas here that I've learned and, um, and give it to other practitioners. You're not going to build a management system with this book. What you're going to build is your thinking, which is the baseline of your management system. If you don't have a good uh, and systemic thinking to begin with, any management system you build is going to collapse, right? It's going to be building uh, you know, a, sand, a, a castle in the sand, on the sand. So... Uh, with that said, again, I want to leave you uh, with these two thoughts. Understand, is your thinking arbitrary or intentional? What is your intent of experimenting? Uh, the intent of experimenting should not be to have a successful uh, result. Believe it or not. It's the, if you want to be impactful, you have to have actually, it's better off to have a failed experiment. You know why? Because that means you're learning. Otherwise, if we have always a successful experiment, we're not learning anything. We're just confirming what we know. And the biggest issue that I've seen in every single team uh, that I've uh, come in contact with uh, and I've helped develop is they always starting with a heavy confirmation bias, which is only supported by their sophistication bias. So confirmation bias is nothing, uh, is nothing different than going out there and confirming what you already know. So for example, uh, you can say, well, Panos is always giving me trouble whenever I try to teach him his job. So let me show you, right? So you go there and you try to coach Panos. And sure enough, we're confirming that, you know, every time you try to teach Panos, he's giving you trouble. You see, I told you so, right? And then sophistication bias is really our experience, our background. It becomes a villain. He's almost putting you, um, you know, uh, imagine wearing your sunglasses, right? the opposite way, you know, polarized lenses in the opposite way, and you can see anything uh, on the way, you know, uh, on the outside world. The world can see your eyes, but you cannot see the other way around. So sophistication bias and confirmation bias, the two main decision-making villains you're going to have, and I have them, 
I've been having them, right? It's just a matter of how you manage them to, to minimize them. And you're going to, uh, to experience in those around you in any system that you, you develop. That's why I always uh, uh, coach uh, folks, especially when it's time for you to grasp the current condition and understand really the status as of right now, don't do it alone, do it with your team. And when you develop a target condition, a challenge, whatever that is, you develop a direction of any kind, do it with your team, not alone. Otherwise, you're just gonna be confirming what you already know. So um, try to be intentional. Failure is a great thing because failure leads to successful learnings. Without failure, we don't learn. And failure is not a negative thing. It's not about, um, uh, you know, I, I fall down and, and um, uh, I was better off and then I fell to a lower level. That's not it. Failure and experimenting means that what we thought will happen, it didn't happen. Guess what? Majority of our brain, majority of our brain, we don't know what we don't know. So what great way to tap into the unknown field by failed experiments. So uh, I hope I, you know, I was able to inspire your thinking today. Uh, and very important, don't think tools. Uh, you know, all along we have been so action biased and people have been afraid because we introduce so much change with all these different tools. And I see that uh, over the years, I've seen that in the eyes of our nurses where we introduce uh, PDSA, we're introducing you know, uh, 5S and they're afraid because it's changed. You're changing the way they have been doing business for all these years. But the problem is we're not approaching it as a system and therefore we have been failing. Uh, uh, we have been driving things and changes through action bias. And we, that's why we haven't seen any results, but now there's a lot of ideas, right? So one uh, thought of caution, make sure that you don't have not systems bias. Think about the whole human body, right? I wanna make sure that uh, one, um, one image that you should take with you is this, because this is very relevant to our current pandemic and how your system is operating, regardless of what business you're in. So, thank um, you so much, uh, I appreciate you for having me, Patrick, and appreciate everybody for, for being patient to listen to me. Absolutely. Uh, someone just popped in with a, just a real quick question before we close up here. RHL just wanted you to clarify, think big. Uh, so, so the think big, so actually the last, it's not, um, it's not a G, it's a C, right? Big, like the, the pen company, right? And it's all about building intentional curiosity. Uh, anything that you do, try to build your intentional curiosity. That's the beauty of it. That's how you innovate and you involve your mindset. Perfect. Uh, and then we got a couple more questions popping in. Are, are you, you, you wanna hit these? Absolutely. Uh, how, to communicate, how to communicate the organization purpose from top to grassroots production staff if the management has multiple levels? That's a beautiful question, right? Uh, and, I, and this is actually um, uh, a question that I've heard quite some time, quite yeah. a few times. Especially I hear this a lot too. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, you're not alone. So don't expect yourself to develop the purpose. You have key stakeholders. So to develop your purpose, you have to know your stakeholders. And guess what? It's the upper management, it's the middle management, is the people, is the janitor himself. If the janitor in your organization doesn't clean the floors and doesn't have the right environment, people will leave, right? They'll be like, I don't want to work here. You know, it's slippery, it's dirty. They will leave, they'll go somewhere else. So even the janitor is a stakeholder of your purpose as a company. So if you build it together, guess what? Everybody will hear it about it. If you build it your, on your own, you're going to spend most of your time marketing and advertising. And that's not your job. Great point. 
Uh, last question that was on there is, uh, oh no, it was a, it was a comment. Uh, we need to improve a curiosity culture, right? Not only, not only with events, but the entire culture. I'm get, I think Ronaldo is, is, yes, uh, thank you. Right. Thank you. Uh, another question just popped in from Tyler. Should the organization always have a target for their end to end value stream map? So think about it. Are you an adaptive organization? Or are you a standstill organization? I'm just gonna leave that up to you. So it depends on what your purpose is. Don't think the tool, don't think about developing your value stream map and then you know, designing a future state and, and making sure that you have control over everything. Think about how does even the value stream fit into serving the system? Perfect. So if your purpose is to be a stationary business, you, you don't have no reason to adapt and evolve, then yeah, you're gonna have different direction from an organization that has to evolve their business and their processes, therefore. Perfect. Uh, Panos, what a great presentation. Loved hearing uh, the concepts that you threw out there. Uh, loved the example of the, the stealth bomber and then, and then the body. Um, I think that the whole system explanation that you gave was just amazing because it's so true. You know, we, we think that we get this great tool, this 5S, and we want to go out there and deploy it, but we don't take into consideration the effects that it might have in other areas uh, or, you know, um, or again, like you said, COTA, TWI, whatever it might be. So just taking into consideration that full system is such an important concept. So I appreciate the fact that you, you know, talked in detail about that. Um, it's, it is all about the system, right? We, we need to close those silos. That's right. And actually, I want to praise you for something that I've been um, uh, actually influenced by you. And I told you the other day, it was your posting on example of attack time, uh, your cycle time batching versus uh, single piece flow. Yes. What you have been doing, and maybe you're going to be realizing it with this example, is you're actually introducing the concept in such a way where you're impacting the, our ability to think outside of our confirmation bias. There's no way we can do single piece flow, right? Uh, we've been living with that and, and we have the sophistication to, to prove that. You're coming in with a very simple example because you're trying to say, you, you understand that I have to think about the individual, how they think, That's and right. then change the process out there on the, on the floor. First, I have to inspire and influence the individual because he's part of the system. I cannot just tell you, guess what? Science has proven batching doesn't work. So therefore, you, I'm Patrick and you have to do single piece flow. It will never work, right? So, uh, and I've taken that example from you as I told you and, and you're thinking about the system. The individual is part of the system. Yeah, I appreciate that. Panos, is there, if, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, is there, should they look for your website or? or? Um, uh, they can just find me on LinkedIn. So uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard my voice on LinkedIn, that means we're not connected. Uh, I am, I'm trying to be active on LinkedIn, trying to manage everything in my life right now, but uh, I reach out on LinkedIn. I would love to connect. Uh, and, and my point is I want to learn from everyone because yeah. I know that I don't know anything. So We're all in the same boat here, working together. I, I just saw yeah. uh, someone, someone just uh, messaged that we're, we have a wonderful community. Thank you. I agree with you. This is a great community of uh, just people that are looking to, that are humble enough to admit that we all are learning from each other, right? And uh, okay. we continue to help each other out, especially during this time when we're all at home and have the ability to connect virtually here. This is this is great. So thank you, Panos. I appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you for having me. And Patrick, it was finally you know time for us to meet. Hopefully, we, I can um, we can meet uh, you know uh, soon face to face. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Be safe.
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.